Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, it's Crystal Knight. Welcome back to the show brought to you by Newsweek. I didn't want to talk about this topic, but here we are. There is a narrative shift that is happening right now across this country about slavery. And the question is why we having this conversation? How is this even relevant today? But Governor Ron DeSantis down in Florida recently signed the Stop Woke Act into law. And this law allegedly, let me just say that at least, it calls for middle schoolers to be taught that some enslaved people actually benefited from slavery. And that is absolutely a false narrative. It's changing the narrative. It's the wrong thing. Then when the same governor, Governor Ron DeSantis, was asked about this, he's backpedaling. He's saying, I didn't do it and I wasn't involved in it. This is his version of trying to subvert the facts of what happened. This is his version of trying to rewrite history. He's already signed into law anti-education bills, anti-diversity, equity and inclusion bills in the state of Florida. And maybe you're saying, well, why do you care? Because this man is running for president. And if he becomes president, do we actually believe that he would not try and implement this across the United States of America? Ron DeSantis is dangerous. He is dangerous Not only for his state, but he's dangerous for the country. And you have people on TV, you have people on radio, you have people who are writing articles every single day talking about the benefits of slavery. Like WTF, I don't know anyone who back in the time of slavery who would have said this is beneficial. Please take me from my native land and put me on foreign land and force me into some form of manual and physical labor and to even suggest that skills were created because people were slaves is insidious and it is disgusting. It is truly disgusting. It also assumes that many of the folks who were brought to this country again, illegally against their own will were not already skilled. It's suggesting that people were just middling in fields, walking around, living life barren. And some, you know, fortunate captor came and got them, put them on a boat on a cruise ship where they were comforted, where they were fed, where they were treated properly, brought to this country, given tools and resources to be successful and thereby lived out the remainder of their slave lives, had children, had families who benefited from this skilled labor that they gained by willfully coming to this country. Now, we absolutely know that's that's a false narrative. It did not happen. 
that is not the story of slavery. That is not the story of indentured servants or indentured servitude. And so the fact that there are folks who are trying to spin this and the person who signed it into law is saying that he had nothing to do with it. We have to be very careful, very, very careful with how we think about these things, how we talk about it, because ultimately what is happening in this country is that we have politicians like Ron DeSantis who are trying to rewrite narratives, who are trying to change the narrative. And again, if children are being taught this and they're growing up in a country where they're not understanding what really happened to black Americans in this country and what white Americans did to black Americans in this country and not just black Americans, but native Americans in this country. Then we have a generation that is growing up without the truth. We have a generation who will become lawyers and doctors and CEOs and bosses and leaders and other future elected officials, not understanding the real truth that has happened in this country. And that is the danger in this narrative. That is the danger in talking about slavery. That is the danger in not understanding the truth about what happened. And that is problematic. And that's why I'm upset. I'm upset that this is even a conversation that we have to say, hey, slavery was real. People were raped, kidnapped. Families were wrecked. There were lynchings. People were dehumanized. And then you have a governor in a particular state saying, oh, I I didn't I didn't mean it like that or I didn't say that or it has nothing to do with me. And you have a governor of a particular state essentially signing off saying that black people benefited from these inhumane conditions. It was wrong. It is still wrong. And it's 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 even it's it's further disturbing, even in the way that we're trying to talk about it, even in the way that we're characterizing it as if to whitewash it and to make it seem as though it wasn't that bad. And people talk about, you know, well, racism doesn't exist. And I don't want to talk about that now. This is 2020. This is 2023. That was in the past. But you also don't want to talk about the true history of the past. You also don't want to talk about what really happened and how it happened and why it happened. And when you hear black people in this country say, we built this joint for free. That's what we mean. We, We built this country for free, brought here against our own desires and wishes, forced into servitude, forced into labor, forced into economies where we did not benefit. And so, yes, it's offensive when you have a governor signing into law bills around education that attempt to rewrite the history books, that attempt to talk about how critical race theory is prevalent in elementary schools when it's absolutely not. These are the things that I have yelled and screamed and talked about because I see a future where people are ignorant about the facts. I see a future where people truly do not understand what happened and how it happened. And to illustrate this even even more, I want to play this clip that I saw on a cable news outlet 
It will become apparent once you hear it. But this is how the narrative shift begins and why it's so dangerous. He says this right here. This is well documented among historians. This is historical fact that slaves did develop skills while they were enslaved and then used those skills as blacksmiths, uh, as in agriculture, uh, tailoring uh, in the shipping business to then use to benefit themselves and their families once they were freed. That's not controversial. And it actually speaks to the resilience and the aptitude of the enslaved African-Americans who were at the time able to better themselves and able to improve their situation, despite brutal, brutal conditions, horrific and abhorrent conditions. And so you hear the host speaking about slavery as if it was an internship, as if for 500 years, people just gained skills like OJT on the job training. And that is the part of the narrative shift that, again, is dangerous for the country. As if people couldn't have learned these skills as free humans, as free people in this country, yet they were forced into learning this through a system of slavery. That is the part that really stings. That is the part that makes it hard to be an educator, that makes it hard to even have a child in school, understanding that they could potentially be taught revisionist history or they could potentially be taught the wrong thing. And so when I think about the upcoming election cycle, when I think about the narrative that is being formed around education and how how it will play such an important role in 2024, I only have to go back and watch that clip or listen to that clip. And if you have time, please go back and watch it, find it and watch it. But these are the things that we absolutely have to watch for and we have to be on on guard for as we move into 2024, because one side, the conservative side is painting a false narrative. And you hear people speaking out, even on the conservative side, which I am very thankful for. There are people who are speaking out against what Ron DeSantis is doing. Even Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey, former Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey, has spoken out saying that Ron DeSantis has created this mess. He's created this mess that we're living in right now around education. And I've said before that Florida is ground zero for the education debate and fight that's happening. And when you see other presidential candidates stepping up, talking about how this is dangerous rhetoric, how it's 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 harmful to the education, you know, arena. I can only hope that this negatively affects Ron DeSantis's poll numbers. I also saw a recent poll where he fired 38 people that work for him. And I wonder why. And I wonder why. Uh, and I also wonder, is that even a real narrative, considering that he's intent on putting out false narratives about things? I wonder why people are now deciding to wake up and take off the blinders about who Ron DeSantis is. And I hope that people wake up and realize these are the types of things that he could potentially do and implement if he were vice president or if he were president. And even if he becomes Donald Trump's vice presidential nominee or running mate, and if they win, you should absolutely expect that. This same Ron DeSantis, who has said that he wants to do away with the Department of Education and other federal agencies, 
would try and implement nationwide education curriculum standards. So I hope that you're paying attention. I hope that you really recognize this could happen. It's happening in Florida. Thank God I don't live in Florida, but it could absolutely happen. Also in the news over the past week or so has been a conversation around women versus trans women. Again, this is a subject that I really didn't want to touch. But because so many people have been talking about it, so many people have been writing about it, I feel the need to address it as a natural born woman. Now, there's a comedian by the name of Jess Hilarious. Some know her by Jess with a mess. Um, she is a woman um, who's identified born as a woman. And recently she went on a rant I don't know if it was on, you know, which particular social media outlet it was on, but she went on a rant because a trans woman spoke up about the trans woman experience and about, you know, women not being the only people who can experience menstrual cycles or identifying with the various types of things that we as women identify with. So Jess Hilarious went on this rant talking about the anatomy of a woman only belongs to a woman and it blew up. And I would encourage you again to go back and listen to it and watch it. And what I've always stated about the LGBTQ plus IA movement is that I stand with people who identify as trans women, trans men. Maybe they don't want to be um, gender you know, neutral. They're non-binary, but there are so many people in this country who have different lived experiences and who have different identities and to assume that an identity only belongs to one group of people is dangerous. And we talk a lot about, or I've talked a lot about othering and making people feel like outsiders or not being as inclusive. And what Jess hilarious just did recently, again, if you go back and, and, and listen to her, to her rant in her attempt to, speak up for natural born women, what she ultimately did, in my opinion, was other people who identify as trans women. What she ultimately did was offend the trans community. She offended people who have deep seated issues, maybe with their identities or people who are struggling with their identity or people who are allies or co-conspirators, whatever the term one would like to use in the form of allegiance and support, she has been offensive to those folks. The other background story that people should know is that Jess Hilarious has been misgendered. So that's something that happens a lot in a number of different cases because of people's features or whatever. But there's a story that's out that says a celebrity approached her um, wanting to have some type of sexual experience with her. And said celebrity who is who is, you know, unnamed, thought that she was a trans woman. So her features have already been mischaracterized as being trans. And there's a speculation maybe that that's why she's so um, adamant or she's offended when she hears trans women speak because she's been misgendered as a trans woman. But to say that the female experience to equate the female experience to be uniquely identified only with natural born women. That's false for so many trans women 
who identify with the female anatomy or so many trans people who identify with the female experience. Now, there are so many semantics around pregnancy and around menstrual cycles, around a number of things that happen within the female body and the female anatomy. And I'm not here to debate that. I'm really just here to say that there are people in this country who have multiple identities, who have multiple feelings around identities, and to assign and take and say that something is only for cisgendered people is not the right thing to do. And of course, you know, there's a there's a conversation that can be said, well, it's also not politically correct. Well, you know, there are plenty of celebrities. There are plenty of people who don't care about being PC. They don't care about being politically correct. But what I can say it is or what it's doing, it is further dividing this community of people who identify as trans in this country. And maybe it's a small community. Maybe it's not as large as the homogenous population that exists here, but it's still a community that is seen, that exists, and that cares about their identities and that cares about the way that their identities are discussed, particularly in media. And so with this platform, I thought it would at least be worthwhile for me to address it and have a conversation about it because so many people, so many people, I have seen this story all up and down my timeline, people talking about trans versus not trans, essentially. And as much as people care about it, I hope that people care about the offense that people take on either side of the aisle, um, particularly for those who are marginalized, particularly for those who don't have as big of a voice as the larger majority population. The last thing that I wanted to say for this week, another story that I didn't want to bring up, another story that I don't even want to talk about, but I have to because it's really, this has been literally like the subject of group chats with my friends. This is a story about Carly Russell. And if you haven't heard about Carly Russell, it's a young woman in Alabama in the Birmingham area who essentially, and she's admitted now, she um, faked her own kidnapping. And while there are so many parts of this story that have been pure comedy for me, just to be completely frank, there are also many parts of this story that make me deeply sad that someone is in that much need of attention um, from either her her boyfriend or whatever the whatever the real story is on why she did this, that she would fake her own kidnapping and. It's troubling because a lot of times when black women go missing, we don't get the same amount of national media coverage and attention that our white counterparts do. But when she went missing, this story literally went viral. I mean, celebrities were speaking up about it. Activists were speaking up about it. It was on the news. Resources were, you know, expended looking for her all for it to come full circle. And through her lawyer, she has admitted that she lied. She has admitted that there was no kidnapping. The original story was that she pulled over to the side of a road because she saw a young toddler walking on the side of the road. She was attempting to help rescue said toddler. And through her rescue efforts, 
she ultimately went missing. So in my mind, I thought she was kidnapped or maybe she was being sex trafficked. But something about the story from the beginning never quite sat right with me. But still, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt because this woman is missing. Two days later, she shows up barefoot back in her home. Her wig is off of her head. All of these things are alleged. And now we know that she allegedly did this act because she wanted some type of attention from her boyfriend. Why? <laughs> like, that's the real question that I, I've, I've always asked about this story is like, what would make a person go to this extent to get someone's attention that they would even do that and to fabricate this type of story? Because ultimately resources were used. Police resources were used. People went out with search parties looking for her all for a lie. And I don't know that I'll ever understand. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm resolved that I may not ever understand and that it might not be for me to understand. But it is sad. And I am praying for her. I'm glad that she is safe. I pray that she gets the mental health support that she needs. I also pray that she receives the comfort of belonging, which it appears that she was looking for. Um, and maybe that's what this all boils down to. But I hope that the resources that were expended on her don't stop the next time we hear about a woman who was also, you know, kidnapped or missing or some type of tragedy that would likely have happened gets the same attention because the woman is black. And then the final story is something that I think is funny and maybe other people don't think is funny, <laughs> but the um, there was a, a Powerball that recently happened and a woman was seen on camera allegedly claiming that she was the winner of this massive Powerball. I hope you can go and find this. I really do. I hope you can go and find this on the internet. She's walking into a convenience store where the let, the winning ticket was sold and she's telling reporters and folks that she's the winner. But the thing that is so funny about this story is that she immediately says that she doesn't want to do an interview and she needs a bodyguard. And days later, it's revealed that the woman lied. What is going on in America? That's what I want to know. Are people really fame starved? Are people really that like just thirsty for attention that they're just willing to make up lies about things. I'm not even going to go into an in-depth analysis about this story, but all of these things are just troubling. Like what the hell is going on in America? That's really how I've been feeling over the last week or so. What is happening in this country that people are willing to go to the most extreme lengths to create and fabricate Literal fairy tales and fantasies for a little bit of fame and attention. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Crystal Night Show brought to you by Newsweek. The best way you can support us is to give your five star review on Apple iTunes and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to the Crystal Night Show. 
being a staple in American media for over 90 years. Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. She's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The parting shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.